Hello everybody, this is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. On today's episode, Corey Branson sat down with Marika Butzlar, co-ed team captain and girls team coach for UBC Cheer. She gave a lot of insight into the world of university cheerleading here on campus, discussing what the typical workload for a cheerleader is like, how it differs from some common misconceptions about the sport, and some highlights from her time with the program. After that, we'll touch on some of the biggest bits of Thunderbirds news from the last few weeks. But before we get to all that, here is Corey's interview with Marika Butzelar. Hello, everybody. I'm Corey Branson with the CITR Sports Collective and Thunderbird Eye, joining you from the UBC Vancouver campus. Today, I'll be interviewing an athlete integral to the varsity sport experience at UBC. She doesn't play volleyball, hockey, basketball, or any of the other sports listed on the Thunderbirds website. Instead, my guest today is co-ed team captain and girls team coach with UBC Cheer. Here to talk to us about that group is Marika Butzelar. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All right. To get us started, I'd love for you to walk us through the cheerleading experience at UBC. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of our listeners especially, know the cheer team from their appearances at sporting events on campus, but aren't really familiar with what the rest of the schedule looks like for you. So could you walk us through a pre-pandemic week for the average cheerleader in terms of practices, games, and other events? Yeah, thanks, Corey. Uh, A typical week as a UBC cheerleader includes two group practices as well as highly encouraged individual drop-in practices one to two times a week. We also require additional strength and endurance training that's done on one's own time. And flyers, who are the people that get thrown in the air, uh, they're required to stretch and give weekly updates on their flexibility. Um, And UBC also pre-pandemic aims to attend about two games a month before the pandemic began. Cool. And so in terms of like, an hourly commitment per week? Would it be like 20 hours a week that you're expecting? What's the general range? I mean, that ranges from how dedicated you want to be with it. Um, Personally, I was very dedicated with it. So I would say I put in probably about 16 hours a week for it. Yeah, but I mean, again, I was working out every day. Um, That's, I was also coaching, Uh, that doesn't really, so a lot of people weren't doing that as well. And so it depends how seriously you really want to take it. If you want to slack off a bit, I guess you could, but you wouldn't be a very good teammate. Fair enough. Yeah. And sort of on a similar thread, um, I think people might appreciate knowing the difference between the co-ed team and the all-girls team that you have. Uh, Are they generally doing the same activities on a week-to-week basis? Yeah. So both the co-ed team and the all-girl team are required to attend games, events, practices, Um, And it's usually a mixture of a few groups from both the teams at games. Um, The co-ed team in the previous year was a level seven team, which is the highest level in cheerleading. And the all-girl team was practicing at level four. Um, But both teams are competitive teams and they require the same amount of time, same amount of commitment and everything. Cool, how do those levels work for those of us who are uninitiated? Yeah, no problem. So it starts off at level one, which is like the beginner level. And that's where you don't do much off of the floor. 
So you kind of stand maybe on someone's knee as a stunt, but you don't do crazy tumbling. You don't do really intense skills. And then there's level two, which is a little bit harder. You might do some um, back handsprings, which is kind of like a backflip where your hands touch the floor and you'll get up to about chest level, um, lifting people. <laughs> and then level three, that's where you get your tucks. So that's your flips. And again, a little bit higher stunts. Level four now we do layouts, which is a backflip with straight legs and harder stunts and then so on and so on until you get up to level seven, which is where you're stacking multiple levels in stunts. So you have maybe three levels. So a person on the bottom, a person in the middle and a person on top. So it's an extra scary, extra intense, but it's really fun. Cool. And is that like an international system or is that just in Canada for colleges? Like how, how widespread is the levels? Uh, yeah, no, that is widespread. That is across, across the globe. I mean, there's different divisions. So there's all-star division, which is um, more like private teams um, at like different gyms. And then there is the collegiate division, which is of course like universities and colleges. And they have a bit different score sheets, but they work pretty much the same. Cool. And would like a quote unquote, like a professional, I'm thinking of like in pro sports, uh, like in an NFL or an NBA game, like the cheerleading troops that they have there, are those, do they fit into that system as well? Not at all. Those okay. do not even consider cheerleaders. Those are more dancers, um, which is a huge actually stereotype about cheerleading is they don't really do any skills. They're, um, they are skilled in their own way, but it is a different kind of skill. They're more dancers and doing palm performances, which is a part of collegiate cheer, but it is a very minor part. They don't do the big skills and the tumbling, um, and it's not an accurate representation of what cheerleading is. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for explaining that, because uh, I definitely think for me, and I've been to a couple Seahawks games, when I think yeah. of cheerleader, that's probably the first thing that comes to my mind, but yeah, really different. Yeah, it comes to most people's mind for sure, but yeah. not quite accurate. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I know you folks are performing uh, routines in different venues. You have like indoor and outdoor. How does your performance change between say a basketball game and a football game? Yeah, we face some real challenges actually and restrictions when it comes to the games. Um, that's something a lot of people don't know. Um, at any game that's in the gym, so inside rather than outside, our space is really limited. We don't have a lot of room to do our skills. Um, and we're actually often not allowed to perform our stunts due to safety reasons. So um, at football games, it's a little easier to do more, um, but at the same time, we also don't want to distract from the game. So there's definitely a careful balance that we have to maintain there. Um, I wish people at the games could see what we actually do um, because it's very limited and very, very, very scaled down to what a real representation of what cheerleading is like just for safety and um, restrictions by UBC Athletics as well. Yeah, uh, you mentioned UBC Athletics there. You folks clearly have a really solid relationship with the varsity program, attending all these games. Um, I'd appreciate it though, if you could share sort of what your status is as a group. Uh, do you receive funding from the university? Are you considered a club? How do you sort of fit into that big athletic structure? Yes, uh, that is probably the most challenging question to answer. Um, I always say we're part of UBC Athletics because um, we do get a small amount of funding from the university. Year to year it differs. It's not a lot 
<laughs> but it is some. So we are very thankful for that. Um, we are not fully, we're not considered a club, but we're not fully considered a varsity team either. We're somewhere in the middle ground. Um, we <laughs> tend to manage and run ourselves more than anything from within. So it's kind of a complicated question to answer because I don't even really know myself. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> sad, uh, sad that there isn't more clarity there, but it's nice to yeah. be unique, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to again talk about uh, in the perfect world, outside the outside of the pandemic, what sort of competitions uh, are you folks participating in as a club? Yeah, so uh, pre-pandemic, UBC Cheer uh, competed in about two to three competitions a year. Um, and these are events that we train all year for. Uh, we make a two and a half minute routine and we continually work on this routine. And after each competition, we put upgrades in and um, to make our skills harder for the next competition and push ourselves to do even better. And we compete against other universities in our specific division. So like SFU, TRU, UVic at um, all these kind of events. Cool. That's really interesting. So would it be the same routine essentially throughout the entire year that's just being sort of upgraded throughout? Uh, well, it's the same base model, okay. but things change. People get injured upgrades happen so it ends up looking very different competition to competition but you always start out with the idea that this is going to be your fundamental routine but it always ends up changing okay cool and i'm guessing that's different routines between the co-ed team and the all-girls team right yes so it's very different co-ed team they're all it's a different level so different yeah. um, amount of skill and then um co-ed has different score like different scoring categories than all girl does so okay. it differs a little bit there as well cool i'm learning so much i appreciate this <laughs> a lot um i'd like to talk next about the athletes that make up your teams you folks host open tryouts at the beginning of every year how much prior cheerleading experience do your new team members generally have when they join yeah we always say you don't need any experience to try out but that it will be very helpful if you do. Most people on the co-ed level seven team had some kind of cheer, gymnastics, or high-level dance experience. Um, but on the all-girls team, most of our athletes actually, in fact, didn't have any experience uh, prior to UBC cheer. So at the tryouts, we look for potential, like a natural ability, positive attitude, and a hard work ethic that someone could bring to the team. Awesome. That's nice that it's open to everybody and you have those opportunities to yeah. get people involved. Yeah. Uh, you touched a little bit on the, the injury piece when you were talking about the routines. Um, I think anybody who's watched cheerleaders perform can tell that the sport, not really for the faint of heart, it's exhausting, it's acrobatic. Uh, and a lot has been made, uh, thanks to those qualities, about the injury risk that's associated with it. Uh, you can see scholarly articles about it and all that sort of thing. Um, I'm sure you folks have dealt with a number of those bumps and bruises on the team. So when someone does get injured during practice or a performance, how do you handle that situation and support the athlete? Oh, yes. Um, injuries are definitely not uncommon with this sport. Uh, not only as an athlete, but as a coach, I have experienced both in getting injured and dealing with others who are injured. Um, obviously, when a person gets injured, it is a significant um, effect on the whole team because removing one person from the routine, it takes makes the whole routine change. You have to completely redo it. So it's quite um, 
an event when something happens. And obviously we wanna make sure that person's okay and um, get the necessary help that they need, whether that be, you know, hospital or rest, whatever they need. Um, we obviously are gonna support them in that. Um, actually, the last year before um, COVID began at our competition, our last competition, we had an, uh, an athlete who tore their ACL mid-performance um, at the competition. So she ended the tumbling pass wrong and um, just tore her ACL mid-routine. The music stopped everything. She was just laying on the floor. Uh, my coach came onto the floor and was comforting her. And then I took over as a captain and pulled all the teammates off of the floor and kind of basically went through uh, what was about to happen. So I had to tell them we're going to have to rework the whole routine in the warm-up room and we're gonna have to re-perform. Um, so that is not an easy thing to do. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we actually had to bring another girl in who had fractured her wrist uh, about a few, like four weeks before, and she had like two more weeks left to heal. So she, but she just stepped up and did it. And she was a base. So that's a person that throws. And she normally based on the opposite side. So everything's reversed when you're on the other side. And um, I was the lucky flyer that got to experience this. So <laughs> we were practicing these stunts that she'd never done on this other side on concrete, because we have nowhere else to practice. Um, and I ended up spraining my ankle in the process, but I had no idea at the time because I was so stressed and I had all this adrenaline going through me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't until after I found that out. Um, and we were really nervous because it wasn't going great in the warm up. And then we had to go out there and perform a completely different routine with this other girl in. And we went out there and you know what? We killed it. So it all worked out in the end. The, uh, our teammate who was injured is okay now. She's on the men. She's doing much better. Good. Uh, but yeah, definitely a stressful situation. Wow. Yeah, I, I phrased that as bumps and bruises when I went into that <laughs> question, but I think <laughs> that's quite a, quite a higher level. Wow, that's, yeah. uh, that takes some grit. Very impressive. Yeah. Um, I guess you talked about the limbo situation that cheerleading is in with respect to UBC athletics and you're not sure exactly where you fit. Does the university get involved a lot when you have injuries? Uh, do they sort of enter in uh, to that discussion or do you mostly handle it independently? Yeah, not really at all. Like they, we usually just handle it on our own. Um, we do kind of get a bit of almost like a, advanced kind of help I guess because you are associated with the sport so I got a concussion uh, a couple years ago through cheer and I was able to kind of get more help with UBC doctors because I was part of a sport okay. it wasn't directly uh, like a trainer or anything yeah. by UBC um, but it was I was able to kind of get in and see someone a little bit faster maybe because it was sport associated with the school gotcha okay so there is a little bit of a connect there uh to help out a little bit yeah yeah cool um so it's no secret that traditionally cheerleaders are usually women uh looking back at your roster from the last year of competition though there was a lot more gender diversity than one might expect um how has the team worked to bring in cheerleaders of many genders and sort of break through those stereotypes yeah uh cheerleading gets a very poor stereotypical 
representation in many, many regards. Um, one of those, of course, is being perceived as a female sport, but that is very untrue. We have men, women, and gender diverse individuals on our team who are, who are all integral parts of the UBC cheer community. On the co-ed team, we have male athletes that um, do great work <laughs> with their strength, which is a key aspect to cheerleading. So they help throw people higher and actually participate in their own stunting section called partner stunting, um, which is where one male cheerleader is responsible for throwing one female cheerleader into the air. And they often have to do this above their head, only holding the girl with one hand. So it's quite intense, uh, impressive work that takes a lot of strength. And I think that's what a lot of people don't really see. Um, and it's part of the score sheet of co-ed cheerleading is partner stunting. So we definitely need to have um, diversity. We can't just have all the same uh, people on our team. We gotta have great representation. And so it is hard to work and break down those stereotypes, but we try and just show our diversity and have both male and female athletes at different games and events to kind of show what it really is like. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, it's something like Imagine Day where you're trying to get new recruits and things. Do you make sure to, like, bring in some of the guys just to show off that diversity and make people understand it's not just for girls? Yeah, 100%. Um, one of my co-captains actually is a male. His name is Justin, and he is huge into cheer. And so he definitely comes to a lot of events, different games and stuff like that, and um, is really important in the UBC cheer community and just spreading awareness that it's not just for females and that, you know, we need guys on the team as well. Awesome. Now, if we roll back the clock to last spring, UBC received an invite to cheerleading worlds uh, that looked to be a phenomenal opportunity for you folks. Um, but it ended up being a short lived celebration as the event was canceled due to the pandemic. Um, how did the team react to that news? Yeah, personally speaking, it was devastating. Uh, it was first time UBC had won a bid to the cheerleading worlds as level seven co-ed team. So we were ecstatic and so excited when we won the bid because that was our goal the whole year and the whole season, what we worked for. And uh, that's the competition that that girl got injured at. And so we'd come overcome so many obstacles and stuff to get there. Um, and when it was announced that the season was gonna be over and canceled, um, speaking for myself and for the team as a whole we were really saddened by this news but I mean there's not much you can do it it is what it is we had to accept it and um, move on yeah no there's no easy way to go about that uh, I know at this point world's 2021 that was earlier in May that's sort of come and gone uh, is there any opportunity for you folks to defer your invite to the 2020 competition to a later year uh Yes, luckily you are able to defer to 2022 with the new COVID situation. Um, UBC Cheer still has to decide if they're going to go or not now um, because it is a very different situation. Um, a lot of the team have not been practicing for a year and a lot of the team has also graduated in this past year. So all those bid winners are, we're going to be losing quite a few key people on the team. So it's going to really depend on what kind of people we see at tryouts um, and how 
everything goes, we do have the opportunity to accept. Um, it's also more challenging because the American teams haven't been seeing the same restrictions. So they've been continually practicing this whole time. So we'll see where it goes. Um, it's definitely a possibility. We just need to work a little extra hard. Fair enough. Uh, over this past year, you talked about people not practicing. The club in general was sort of dormant. You've been focusing on what's to come once the pandemic has run its course and you can get back to regular activity. What went into that decision to uh, take a gap year, so to speak? Well, with cheerleading being such a physical and high contact sport, it's really not easy to do with COVID regulations. Um, UBC Cheer was unable to practice or compete this year due to rules set in place by the university, as well as uh, the BC Cheerleading Association. So we didn't really want to take a gap year, but due to the restrictions and obviously the concerns for the health and safety of our athletes, we had to respect the decision by the university and the BC Cheerleading Association. For sure. Uh, did you folks bring the team together in any other ways, like digitally or from a distance, uh, like, a, like a hangout on Zoom or something like that? Yes, um, we did a few uh, Zoom workouts and virtual like year-end celebration kind of things at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, a lot of the members of both co-ed and all-girl teams have gotten involved in other kind of, um, like I said before, all-star programs. So not collegiate, but kind of individual private programs where they were able to work on individual skills like tumbling, jumps, and dance, not stunting, obviously, because it's too close contact but um, we've been trying to do our best at uh, keeping our skills up and keeping involved with the sport that we all love so much. Nice. All right, I'm gonna say that's enough talking about the past. Uh, I think <laughs> this last year has been tough for everybody. So let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about the future. Uh, come September, you folks will be looking to get back on track here. What do you expect to be the biggest challenges the teams will face after taking the past year off? Yeah, I think the team is definitely going to be facing challenges. Like I said, returning to practice after having a year off because cheerleading is a very physical, but also a very mental sport. And if you haven't been exposed and working on those skills, it's definitely going to affect your performance. It's a very scary thing to just trust these people blindly and flip and hope they catch you. So that kind of mental uh, fitness and endurance is also really key and something that I think a lot of people might overthink and um, disregard in the return to cheer. Um, like I said, the team's also going to have to try and replace all of our recently graduated athletes and attempt to gear up for worlds. So yeah, the team definitely has a long, hard road uh, ahead of them for sure. Sweet. Uh, this is a perfect segue into my next question. Uh, talking about UBC graduates, you're a recent grad yourself uh, of a program. Um, so topical question for you. What kind of opportunities does cheerleading provide someone when they come out of college? Yeah, um, at the moment, sadly, not many. Um, cheerleading is a very physically demanding sport, like I said, and uh, it's not a sustainable one to keep doing long term past graduation. So most people usually just kind of retire after university. However, the sport itself is slowly starting to gain the recognition that it deserves and was granted official Olympic status recently. So um, that might be an option for uh, athletes in the hopeful near future. Um, no date yet when 
that might happen, but cheerleading is expected to make it into the Olympics, which is a very exciting uh, thing for us in the cheerleading world. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Really mm -hmm. cool to hear. Alrighty, I uh, just got one more question for you here. Marika, you've done an exceptional job uh, talking about UBC cheer, talking about cheerleading, just as a, a grand structure and how everything works. Um, you've educated me, you've educated all our listeners. Really appreciate that. But I'd like to give you the opportunity to talk about you personally. Um, obviously, you weren't able to have uh, the last year of the program that you would hope for. Uh, but looking back on your time as a member of UBC Cheer, what was your favorite part about the group? Yeah, looking back, UBC Cheer honestly made my university experience. Being part of this program surrounded me with other individuals with the same interest and passion for the sport that I had for many years before I even joined UBC Cheer. It also motivated me to work harder in like every aspect of my life. It gave me goals outside of my schoolwork and things to work on to accomplish. It taught me how to manage my time properly because <laughs> it kept me very busy. So it made me be very organized. Uh, I got involved in the program and I gained great leadership experience through it. Um, and not only are all of those things true, but I was also able to meet so many amazing people, be involved in so many great events uh, I was able to represent the school and I made lifelong friendships through it. So I have no regrets without by joining UBC Cheer. It was honestly the highlight of my university experience and I would highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in it. Now that was quite an endorsement. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you, Marika. Um, yeah, that's everything that I have for you. Again, thank you so much for zooming in and joining us. Uh, I think I learned so much. I think our viewers will learn so much. Uh, you did a fantastic job just educating us uh, on what cheerleading means and, and breaking through some of those stereotypes. Um, we really love hearing from groups that have never featured on the show before. Um, so lots of appreciation from us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we are very proud and very excited to be part of this and to show what cheerleading really is. Yeah, we can't wait to see you at the uh, varsity games again come this September. Yeah. <laughs> um, we wish you and your teammates all the best as you transition back for the coming school year. This has been Corey Branson with the CITR Sports Collective and Thunderbird Eye, joined by Marika Butzelar, captain and coach with UBC Cheer. Thank you all for listening. We will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs before we get to the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on.
Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now it's time for the Thunderbirds News Roundup. Since it's been a month since our last show, this first piece of news is a little old, but it's very important. Back in May, Canada West announced official plans for what a return to play will look like in the fall. Nothing is able to be set in stone yet, obviously, but with the official BC reopening plan that has been announced, things are trending in the right direction, especially with regards to sports. Most fall and winter sports will have shortened or otherwise modified seasons, with an emphasis placed on schools playing predominantly the teams that are closer to them geographically. In basketball and volleyball, for example, UBC will only play other BC schools in the regular season. This planned 2021-22 season will obviously be different from the norm, but after an entire cancelled season this past year, any safe return to play will be very exciting, and fingers crossed that health and safety conditions continue to improve. Speaking of the volleyball team, they've landed some high-profile transfers recently. First, they've landed someone from an in-conference rival as outside hitter Trinity Selecki joins UBC from Calgary. Entering her third season, Selecki was named to the U Sports All-Rookie Team back in 2018-19. She is joined by two NCAA Division I talents coming north of the border. The first is Elise Pettit, a fourth-year outside hitter coming from Dartmouth College, and the second is Danielle Price, a third-year middle blocker coming from the University of Colorado. Both are Canadian citizens and should play key roles in this upcoming season. On the soccer pitch, the women's coaching staff has received a boost in the form of former Thunderbird and three-time national champion as a player, Amy Bob, joining the team as an assistant coach. And from a new assistant to now a former one, longtime women's basketball assistant coach Carrie Watts has left UBC to take over as the new head coach for the Victoria Vikes. This comes after Watts was just inducted into the UBC Sports Hall of Fame this year after she played for the Thunderbirds and then served as a coach for 14 seasons. We wish her nothing but the best in Victoria. And finally, some more serious news. About a week and a half ago, three former members of the UBC football team, Travel Pinto, Tremont Levy, and Ben Cummings, were charged with sexual assault. The alleged incident took place in November 2018 when all three were students at the school. This case involving the three of them makes its way to the Richmond Provincial Court this week. That is all the Thunderbirds news we have for you for this show. Now before we go, we have a special segment as Liz Wang takes to the show in what will be her final time as a regular contributor. She just graduated last month and so will no longer be at the school in the fall. As one of the original members of the collective and part of the team since the end of 2017, this will be a well-deserved send-off for her. Here is what she has to say. Hey guys, this is Liz Wang and today is my last time being here with the CITR Thunderbird Ice. Um, so I graduated with media studies about a month ago and now I'm preparing to leave for New York City for my next journey in the grad school. It's um, So it's been a really wonderful journey with CITR Sports, and actually being a broadcaster has always been on my bucket list, and CITR just gave me the opportunity to fulfill this dream. I was given the opportunity not only to talk on air, uh, to Photoshop and interview the great athletes and coaches on campus, but also 
getting to know all of my lovely colleagues and friends here at CITR Sports. So to me, it started with Jake, Jacob, Eric, and I in the beginning four years ago, and just watching the crew grow from the four of us in the first place to more than 10 people today is just both exciting and moving to me. And it's so bad that I can't go to any UBC games this year due to COVID to wrap up this year for me. But I do hope that when the season come back in the fall, CITR Sports can bring back the energy and continue to be the best sports media on campus. And I'll come back to see you all. Bye, guys. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Thank you again to Marika Butzlar for coming on the show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Liz Wang, and Corey Branson. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your Sorry. day.